What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening, you can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, giving the podcast five stars. If you feel like it is deserving of so, you say a few nice words, and that will propel the podcast to the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels. And just a great way to uh, contribute to the sustainability of this thing and help grow the show. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. We got volume five of I Dig Records for you on this fine Friday with my cuzzo and lovely co-host, Rob Bobby Grooves Grantfelt. We're going to be diving in to a couple records. We're talking about Kia's Forever You Girl and Willie Bobo's Dig My Feeling. So we're going to jump into uh, some hip-hop, some rap, and then we're going to get into uh, some some jazz, some Latin jazz, some funk fusion type stuff going on with the Willie Bobo stuff. Excited to bring you all of that. And thank you for everybody that has been checking out this I Dig Records series. Like I said, this is volume five, so there's a few to go back and check out. Most recent episode, we did Bobby Womack's Communication record and Alex G's Sugar House record. So that is the the previous volume. And uh, big thanks to everybody that has been checking out my No Justice, No Peace series. There are now three volumes of those. I've been releasing those over the last month or so amplifying black voices and and voices of color and their experiences of of being a person of color in America and that has been a really eye-opening series that I am super appreciative of all the the contributors that have uh taken the time to make that project possible and I've just learned so much over the last month or so just doing that project and absorbing it and it's been a great way for me to uh kind of process everything going on around me and uh the the current state of of things but uh yeah i'm remaining hopeful and optimistic that that maybe some some real change is going to occur and there seems like there are a lot of people that want to see it and there's a lot of people that have been waiting for it to happen for a real long time. So, uh, yeah, if you want to get some more perspective, I suggest tapping into that series. It's kind of uh, Dan Cable Presents doing some This American Life shit. So uh, get in with that. It's all in this feed. It's all in the Dan Cable Presents feed. And uh, next couple weeks I'll be bringing you some, some more music interviews episode 218 
is on its way next week. I'm excited to have some aliens back on the show. Uh, kind of our tradition. They were episode 18 and they were episode 118. So looking forward to 218. And then I've also got Duke the Genius coming on the show to talk about his debut record. And I'm really excited about that as well. So look forward to those coming at you in the next couple Fridays. And uh, volume four of No Justice, No Peace is also in the works, as well as uh, more of this I Dig Record series with my cuzzo. So all of that and more is on the way. Please check out episode 217. I had High Pulp on, who is uh, Rob's band, my cousin's band, out of Seattle, Washington. And we had such an awesome virtual chat with seven or eight of the band members and it was just a a really loose fun hang with uh some some good nuggets of information and knowledge in there as well but a lot of good laughs during that podcast so i appreciate high pulp coming on the show and uh they've got a new single that just hit the uh the streaming platform so i'll put the link for high pulp in the uh episode notes as well as uh, the Inside Voices Instagram handle, which is my cousin's record label. And, of course, the uh, the link for the incredible Kia will be there as well. And uh, you're going to hear more about Kia right about now in Volume 5 of I Dig Records. Let's do it. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. <laughs> I dig records. We're back. He's back. He's back. We're back. <laughs> it's the worst, worst start of a podcast I've ever heard. You think this is the worst? I mean... I could find a worse one probably, but it's not great. Do you think the listeners are already upset? We can make them upset. How we, <laughs> we can just make them upset? Yeah. I guess we can't because they just would probably exit out. The listeners have the, the power here in this, you know what I mean? That's the beautiful thing about podcasting. You can't hold them hostage, you know, like some shitty opening band at a show that, you know, <laughs> you're there for the headliner. <laughs> They can just skip ahead, though, and just try to find, like, oh, when does this conversation about these records begin? Right. And I'm going to tell them that it's going to begin, I think it's going to begin right now. Oh, wow. I think it's going to, I think we're going to go. That's news to me, too. All right. I mean, there's no reason, there's there's really no reason for anything else to happen except for us to uh, jump in and start talking about records. I think that's true. I I do hate when podcasts have these long ass fucking intros, you know what I mean? And I know, I know I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a podcast. I know it's like, I know it's like a part of the, the thing, you know what I mean? Like that's the thing, the front half, you know, whatever the first 10 minutes of, of the shit. But, uh, I, I just like when we just dive right into it, you know, a lot I of, feel you. A lot of podcasts just yap, yap, yap up front. I know you're taking yeah. this personally. No, I'm not <laughs> taking it personally. I was just going to say, hey, I'm guilty of being one of these people. Mm-hmm. And I've been I've been purposely trying to keep our I Dig Records ones really short because I have been doing a, you know, an intro before each of the volumes uh, just to right. let people know what's going on and, and just know where to find shit. And, uh, right. you know, we got to get the plugs in. All right. Well, 
I'm going to text you if the, when I listen to this and I hear your intro, if it's too fucking long, I'll be like, you're like that opening band. This should be playing a 12-minute you know? set instead of a 30-minute set. But that's also what I'm saying is the listeners it, it goes back to what you said at the beginning so like your listeners have that look the listeners have the power to get past that intro they don't right. have to listen to it right but i think that that five minutes might provide some context for some things like no, you're what right. if we get into something here and we completely just like botch and don't say like a title of a track or something right, you know? right. like i think we need a little bit of room to to no. just give them the official like hey today we're diving in to Willie Bobo's yeah. Dig My Feeling from this year and yeah. then this Kia record Forever My Girl from this rec- year and you know it's just a it's a nice thing I think for people to know what is good it's true man I think that this is a personal problem that I have you know I think that <laughs> I I think that I could be better you know but I'm just a Im- I'm an impatient person you know yeah, you're the person I'm that not wants a 36-minute record yes. every time. Yeah, man. That's what you need, want the max to be, too. I don't too. need your bullshit <laughs> fucking 90-minute record. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I can't wait till we do the episodes where we do, like, a 90-minute record. I think next time you, you fucking madden me. You random Madden me where yeah, I just yeah, have to like yeah, yeah. pick this other record. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a whole list of just like long records. Yeah. <laughs> just like Stadium Arcadium. Gotta shoot my shot here. Kamazi Washington's fucking the epic. Yeah. <laughs> fucking like Absolutely. six hours of music. All right. All right well, man. let's dive in. Uh Forever Ya yeah Girl. You said forever. You wanna start? Forever my girl. I'm just uh I'm just I'm just letting the listeners know. You said forever, my girl. Did I? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. There's going to be mistakes. Yeah. I smoke weed. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Shit. Um, so. You want to start with forever, you girl? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to know what you thought about this record. Okay. Okay. I do, do you, okay. Do do either of us know how to actually say this wonderful artist's name correctly? Is it Kia? I hope it's Kia. God, that's we're gonna um, sound like fucking dumbasses if she listens to this. I need to look it up. I uh, sincerely apologize if that's not the way that you enunciate this. And uh, and you're an amazing artist. God you damn. are. You're incredible. And I've already reached out to you to see if you, you would like to, uh, <laughs> you know, do an interview. Shout out to so Jeff the, uh, Parker for fucking programming. Shout out to Jeff Parker for reposting and uh, being a chill dude on Instagram. Yeah, dude. You you reposted a couple times, like once on yours and once on mine. So that's that's dope that he he uh, looked at that and um, yeah, still hoping Jeff might come on for a conversation. But that was really dope that he uh, he reposted that and but yeah, the Kia record, dude. Talk to me about how you found out about this record. I sound like a a little like, uh, you know, pitchfork, uh, little baby here because I think I found this on Pitchfork, and I think that I found another one of the records that we did on Pitchfork too, and yeah. you know, are you are you just like a pitchfork cuck in this <laughs> this podcast? Yeah, I think that I don't <laughs> I, I actually think I don't have opinions for myself. I think I only like I if 
if somebody asks me what I think, I just go to Pitchfork and I type in the name of the album and then I just say basically what I just read the review out loud. Um, Man, I I was really hoping uh, from the research I did on Kia going to her Instagram, I saw that uh, it looked like Stoss. Stoss the boss, mm-hmm. who's a friend of yours. I Stoss. thought maybe you found out found out for about it about her. Nah, her. no. But when I did find out about this record, I was sort of just freaking out. Like this is this record was sort of the uh, this has been the album of 2020 for me as far as like you know, I these lists are stupid and all that, but you know, this record more than any record so far this year has been like whoa this is a game changer you know that jeff parker one is up there too but this one really just floored me i think you're also like it seems like you're using like the pitchfork thing more for like who's on the list and not so much about even like what's scoring incredibly well it's just like who are they even talking about kind of situation or what well yeah i mean it's a mixture i mean this fucking jeff parker record and this kia record both got best new music from them so like you know what I mean? It's not like they didn't get love from them. And I do think that when Pitchfork... So... Okay, 18 thoughts. Uh, Yeah, when I first heard this record, I posted on Instagram on my story, and I was just like, this record is so fire. And a handful of people responded like, yeah, this is dope. Um, And Stoss was one of them that hit me back and was like, yeah, this is the record right here. So she knew about it, but I didn't know that she knew about it until right then. And of course, she probably been knowing about it since before me um this was before everyone because stoss is the boss um but uh yeah so when i i'll I'll go to pitchfork like a couple times a month maybe you know or and then sometimes i just won't go on the fucking website because i just forget it exists for like three months at a time and i just see what's getting reviewed you know what i mean Cause I'm like, it's really interesting to me. I have my own label, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I'm pushing all these bands too. Like, and I understand Pitchfork for the, uh, it's less, it's, it's, it's a little less like of just a mover and a shaker as it was like, like five, six, seven years ago, if you got best new music and you were getting that Pitchfork love, like you know, you were just sort of made, you know what I mean? You're, you're a pitchfork baby. Car seat headrest is a good example of that. That first car seat headrest record just like literally took the dude from playing, you know, shows like, like he played at Van Fest, you know, Van Fest. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Van and, uh, super DIY. Yeah. In a park, in, in a Pacific park Northwest. Yeah. In, in Maple Valley. And, uh, loved that shit. Played it like, five times you know and yeah he played like middle of the day there and then he gets best new music and then he's like you know on tour fucking with whoever you know and right you know selling out his own headlining shows at you know 600 800 capacity rooms across the country um so but pitchfork is still huge for visibility it still is huge absolutely and i think that but like what's interesting is like he is youtube only has 160 subscribers you know what i mean and that probably isn't where she's pushing it and like i'm sure that her instagram numbers are good i mean but she i would say it's it looks like she is an artist on the rise like from what i'm looking at and seeing you know and i don't know man you know 
Instagram numbers can be pretty in, pretty innocuous. Uh, it's it's hard to read into all of them, but you know she she is somebody that that sits over that five to six thousand mark. Right. And I think that's that's usually uh, a sign of an you know an artist that's doing some of work and is getting getting yeah. some visibility. You right. know, and and is probably you know getting some streams somewhere obviously right. when you get best new music you know right. you're going to get some f- fucking great visibility so that's that's really dope for your right. debut record to to get that sort of visibility absolutely absolutely i'm sure she's got hella labels looking at her and all this and stuff you know like it's just it's it's a big big foundation and but yeah so like i don't know i just checked the i go i i, I go on pitchfork however often and i i'm just curious because mostly what i'm doing is like jazz related stuff so i'm always super curious as to like what jazz is and isn't breaking into that you know what i mean breaking through that ceiling because there's a bunch of dope jazz that like just doesn't get any any sort of love you know and and then there's other way around too so you know who's got what publicist just like all of the like sort of boring and bullshit music industry side of things is interesting to me so you know i mean pitchfork and i we have a lot of disagreements you know but also we have some agreements in that you know if they put some if they put some record on that's like a jazz record or a hip-hop record and they give it like a killer score like i'm gonna check it out you know what i mean um and you know if they give some jazz record a bullshit score and they like think it sucks like i'll probably still check it out you know what i mean um but because i'm just curious like how did that even get in there you know what i mean right so yeah yeah pitchfork is such an interesting thing it's easy to hate on and it deserves a lot of hate and it also just doesn't it just doesn't really matter it's like people that are caught up with like if you get your wherever the fuck you get your music if you're making a decision for yourself about whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter where you're getting your music. You know what I mean? People yeah. like to be like, well, fucking, I only find it from this fucking blog in, you know, Denmark. It's like, dude, fucking get out of here with this shit, you know? It's it's easy to, uh, to kind of hate on any sort of publication like that that's doing critiques or ratings, you know? No doubt. And I think that especially with like Pitchfork, like they, they do have a lot of clout, like we're saying, you know what I mean? And right. like, so, and I think you do get a lot of people that have like pretty unoriginal or seemingly unoriginal opinions, you know what I mean? That just like for sure. are force fed that shit and they, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, Pitchfork said it's cool. So I think it's cool. But I think that there's more people that are like worried about that being a thing then there are people that that's a real thing for. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, shit's dumb. People are dumb. This record's great. It's, yeah, it's, I like reading some of those just to offer some perspective, but. I don't even read the reviews most of the time. I, yeah. I just look at the artwork, look at the score, yeah, and look the, at the genre. Like, check out the record, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah, just like, and then I just I'm go to and I add it to my fucking library, and then I'm like, okay, I'll listen to this at some point, and right. then I and then by the time I get around to listening to my new music, 
in Spotify or whatever, it's been probably some weeks since I clicked it, and I don't even know where half of this came from. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this is from my Pitchfork side, or this is from my Tiny Desk side, and this is from my Denmark blog side, you know? I don't have a, I have no, I don't know any blogs in Denmark. I don't go on blogs, but. Yeah, you and know. I, I don't know, it's interesting to me as somebody that's more on the media side right of that and someone that does do some writing for uh for a publication but shout out to vortex yeah shout out to vortex for sure um showing love for the for this podcast and also sharing it so that's uh that's also dope of them to do that but um i don't know man i don't have like i understand the purpose uh, um for critiques and opinionated pieces like that but it's never made a whole lot of sense for me to put my energy into writing about something that i don't like very much like that yeah. end of things isn't isn't super appealing to me i don't know how those things work i think that like a writer just gets assigned a record in their whatever genre expertise and then they just get to make their opinion about it you know what i mean which yeah. I appreciate because, like, when it's all just, like, when I go read a review section of a magazine or something and everything gets four and a half stars, like, f- three and a half to four and a half stars, so nothing's below three and a half and nothing's getting five, I'm like, I don't, this isn't helpful. All you're doing is telling me that these records exist, which is cool. Right. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, if if, you know, you just got to know what's coming with that, like, person. It's like that reviewer like you know that if if you're reading my review of something you're gonna read it a different way than if you're reading you know tuan's review of something or somebody else's you know what i mean so it's like but we just don't really get to know that you know because we don't know who the fuck these writers are you know what yeah I mean? it's like and and yeah so it's just sort of like what it is you know i think it would be fun to do that because I've never been put in that position since I, I kind of get to just choose write about the things that I want. Like right. I get to bring, you know, my mm. ideas to the table and then those are either taken or not taken. Every right. once in a while I get thrown something my way, but it's kind of usually like, hey, like we think Dan will be like someone good to write this because he is usually into this or right. whatever. You know, this seems like it would it would make sense for him. And right. with the podcast, you know, just getting to choose. It's always by my choice who comes on the show. You know, I don't I don't talk to people I don't have to. Right. Or people that I don't really connect with their music at all or with their their capabilities as a musician. You're in charge. Uh, yeah. So um large and in charge. Which is why this is like always um such a fun thing to do at it's certain put, points. It's put on you. You know, yeah, I'm just I'm right. listening to records that maybe I wouldn't have listened to or uh yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Well, that's it's how good, I baby. found that's how I found this record was on on uh on Pitchfork. And I think what I saw was like I said, I didn't read anything. I just saw it got best new music and I saw the album artwork and I was like, cool, like this seems like interesting. Like I just yeah, I mean the album artwork, the photo, like the look in her face, there's a lot yeah. a lot in there, you know what I mean? A lot of like intrigue and you know, the black and white photo, like 
muted vibes with the the orangish yellow paint looking Kia written on there. I was just like, okay, super sick. And then I did I did read. I think I think and I, I think that this was actually a pretty cool point that they shout out to or props I guess to Pitchfork for for saying this, but I forget what exactly they said, but they were like, uh, this could only really come out on like. A, a small label you know what i mean like that this isn't like this is like the beauty of what like you know small independent labels or like you know basically you know the the more organic music industry side of things as opposed to like these major labels like this is a product that like can only really exist or would really only maybe get the opportunity to exist you know outside of the money 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 shit because it's some yeah. real art shit you know what i mean yeah. and it's like thank god that it does exist because this album front to back is um just blew my mind dude it just absolutely absolutely blew my mind i was just like you know the vibes and i just did some research and so mike you know mike capital capital m-i-k-e um He's done some stuff with Earl, um, and he uh, is a producer as well. Goes by a different name, and uh, he produced. I don't know about all this record, but he's got a heavy hand in this record, and I can see that connection between Earl and that and his his crew and aesthetic and vibe and you know the understatedness and the choppiness of it all. Um, and this record, you know what I mean? You can hear that connection. Yeah, I'd love the opportunity to talk with her about it because um, I, from like the research that I did on it, I found that she like did so much of this on her own. That's it. And produced so many of these, like the beats and everything. She's fucking badass. Is, is really her uh, kind of doing this on her own and kind of... Um, I read this quote from an interview she did on this DJ booth uh, website and just kind of heard her saying that she really wanted to make this record a lot on her own kind of to so that she would be a better collaborator in the future. Word. And uh, yeah, just like made a lot of this in isolation and what a like impressive and in fucking expansive way to like introduce yourself yeah, as man. an artist to the world, dude. Because there's what genre there's is this? You can't put it in anything. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's R and B. It's soul. It's it's like it's electronic. It's experimental. It's fucking. Yep. It's jazz at times. Like yeah, it's it's right. hip hop. It's, it's fucking just art shit, man. It's it's really great, and it's a fucking clinic on how to make transitions within yes. a record. The sequencing Flow. on this record is incredible, dude. Yeah, man. Like you you really most of the time don't know where anything changes over. Yep. Except except you do almost. Right. Like as as you listen to it more and more and go back through listens, you, you just blink. It's like boom. You know? It's just oh man. You just blink and you're like thirteen songs in. You know what I mean? And you're like, I'm gonna listen to that again. It's uh, it's pretty great, dude. Just from that opening track, um, like that first transition that happens. Yeah, to go into Wei. 
talking to me about going to outer space. Yeah. <laughs> and then, boom, into way I do. Right. Is, is, uh, is so dope. I think that that seamlessness is just pretty, pretty untouchable on this record and also just the messages and mantras that exist on this record are are really powerful messages and just insightful they need to be heard man yeah someone's experience and yeah especially yeah i don't know man listening to this record right now with some of the the themes touched on with like this george floyd shit happening this week which is just like the most like I don't know. Just unreal to to fucking yeah. watch and like the footage of that shit is 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 so fucking upsetting and disturbing and shit. So um, yeah. listening um with that lens to this record right. now um is just this whole different experience but there's a lot of just these uh powerful mantras and uh just fucking I don't know, like that. It kicks off with the "Why won't you love me? I'm so damn easy to love." Right. That right. It's so damn easy to love. Right. I'm right. so damn easy to like. Right. That shit is so good, and and yep. I really love like this whole record for um the it the words here are not about quantity. Right. It's just all quality and these short kind of poems and right. this repeat. Right. Like as they are these these kind of mantras right. that exist throughout a lot of the tracks. Yep. Yep. Like rectify it too, you know. Just all of these just 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 trances, you know. Rectify is definitely one of my favorite tracks, and the beat, dude, on, mm-hmm. on this one is just so dope. All of the production on this is crazy, and that's super dope that she did a lot of it by herself because she's unstoppable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. okay, well, now, shit. 
Rectify is cool because it kind of, I feel like, touches on the uh, the initial texture that she brings in at the at the top of this record, and totally. that's kind of like brings that world back in. And uh, she she really, you know, another person that does such a great job of using vocals as 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 a texture and an instrument, and then also melodically as a singer so it's it's uh it's it's impressive man right back That rectifier track will put you in a trance, though, for sure. And uh, I think the heavenly thing is a really dope thing. Absolutely. I mean... How she places the reprise version right right after it, and it's this different feel to it, and these just, like, different looks at the lyrics. And One thing that we've talked about... Yeah, heavenly... The, the the beat the loop is just amazing and the thing one thing we've talked about a lot on this podcast is I think a through thread of a lot of the albums that we've been really digging is that the artist is um, taking you somewhere and there it's like you can hear the confidence in there vision you know what i mean like the only way that it works for you to go all over the place in all these different ways is if that artist has a clear vision and that they're not throwing you around all these different vibes just for the sake of doing it you know what i mean that's the important distinction it's not like okay now i'm gonna do this now i'm gonna do that you know what i mean um because that's a recipe for just terrible shit but when when you're just like basically following 
following the music, following the the vision, and you don't really know. It's like what was that quote uh, that Alex G said? He was like, uh, you know, when he these do, he when like these doesn't really think too much about it. Yeah, when these songs, like when I start a song, I don't really have a preconceived idea about what it needs to be. So when it goes somewhere, I'm never surprised because I never. Had, to be surprised means I had to have an expectation or a plan about where it was going to go. And I don't really have that. I'm just sort of letting the thing dictate itself. You know right. what I mean? And to be able to do that, I think you just need to be like rooted. You know what I mean? You need to have the confidence that that is what's going to, you know, create the best art and the best way of communicating things. And, um, that is such the thing that this record does just like like just just like a lot of the other ones that we've talked about where it's just like man how did we get to this vibe how do we get to this vibe and it's just because the music allowed it you know what i mean like right it's 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 like this like taoist approach or something you know what i mean it's like you know there's always the right there's always the way that is going to serve the song the most you know there's always the way it's going to serve the message the most and if you're like not trying to control it but you're just trying to serve it and trying to like elevate it uplift it amplify it um you don't know where the music is going to take you you know what i mean but if you can just become a master at following that um then you get just these amazing records you know like Another one too. So, jumping forward into the record, "A Mile Away" is another tune, and I love also just like the subtle. I love all the titles. You know what I mean? The titles are just as much a part of the songs. This is "A Mile, Comma, A Space, Way." You know what I mean? Um, but then she's doing the wordplay with it. You know, and. Uh, this is like a very Thundercat-esque track. Totally. And you get the detuning stuff going on around one minute. And you're just like, that's a perfect example of like open-mindedness as a, as a composer. You know what I mean? As a songwriter, as a producer, to just be like, where does this need to go? You know, let's try this, you know, like, let's, let's see where it goes. And then boom. You know, I mean, obviously I wasn't in the room. I don't know if that's how it went down, but like, I think the spirit of that is, is what's present, you know? Yeah, dude. I don't know. Just the, her map for the transitions are just continued to kind of blow my mind through, through the whole process of just how everything works together on this record. But there are so many different feels but it, the transitions happen so smooth, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, she's a master. Like it's, you know, she's uh, every single one of them, you know, is just so smooth, and I think that that's such an aspect of. I think that that's something that like we collectively value in like like i think a lot of i think that's in right now and i mean that in a good way like i think that like people's ears are turning around to being like sort of hip to albums again 
And I think that people's ears are turning around to being hip to the flow of the album. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, let's take that Phil Collins record, for example. That's just song after song after song. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's just a different era where it's like, my album is my collection of songs. You know what I mean? Right. Um, whereas, like, you know, this, like, I'm sure that she has more songs than she had on this record. You know what I mean? I'm not saying Phil did or didn't, not the point, but she is, and I think it's cool that we as like a a music listening base seem there seems to be some some real thought. And it's not that there hasn't been thought going into this, obviously, you know, for however fucking long before this, but it's just cool to see this being a thing that I'm seeing more and more. You know what I mean? Within not just hip hop and et cetera, like but jazz and and rock you know what i mean and it's really i think you have hip-hop to thank for that you know what i mean i think that um the first time that that really because i mean i remember when i actually i was listening to kendrick with you and uh you were like i love these skits in between it reminds me of like 90s hip-hop records you know what i mean like where you where there's just skits in between you know what i mean and that wasn't Dude, the fucking the Fuji's record. Yeah, the, the Fuji's score record. Is, you know, absolutely little interludes and skits and ready you know. to die also. And yeah. you know, it's just like yeah, tons of those records that like we grew up listening to had that, and you know, it all sort of disappeared, or at least you know lessened in the you know that early 2000s you know era and now i think you're starting to see it come back and i think kendrick has a lot to do with just like the role of that and like being able to have a record sell millions of copies with like an immense amount of like storytelling and skits and like you know it's not just a collection of songs it's like an it's an immersive front-to-back listening experience and uh and i think it's important to like yeah note that you know what i mean and to note that it like it does like like that is like honor to hip-hop you know what i mean like like that is not that's not a thing that's like to be appropriated and not like understand like where that comes from because i never heard that like transitions and skits and songs you know what i mean uh before and now i do hear it in rock songs and stuff and on on rock albums and i think it's great because i think that what what's being thought about is the listener experience of like creating an immersive world you know what i mean and that is easier to do when you're giving more than just like here's song one here's song two here's song 13 here's song 14 you know yeah i know i think you're you're correct, man. And I think, yeah, it just it just seems to to work so well together. Like it lends itself so well to hip hop too, as far as transitioning between songs and whatnot. Um, the it's I don't know. There's just it's fun to like work with a beat in that way and like find ways totally. to connect things. I think and. Even even DJing, like yeah, it's exactly. always it's always most fun to work with something, you know, with a beat. 
Right. And, right. You know. Exactly. And but I don't know, man. Her this shit's like mind blowing the way shit works on this record. Um, do you want to get into a track? Yeah, let's get into Heavenly. That's that's the one that I'm really feeling right now. All over the place, in most situations, most all of the time. I know I'm one of those, everybody. I think that that song really shows her. There's like, I'm trying to see if I can really hear the drums. They're so quiet, so quiet, but they're there, which is like such a, again, like she's taking risks and daring people, you know what I mean? To expand their ears 
but it's also so easy. You know what I mean? It's so easy to listen to. It feels so right. And it's like, how did you know that that equation, you know what I mean, was going to taste good? You know, like that's um that that's that tune with that loop and how she creates shape and really like a collage, you know what I mean? Like a vocal collage with all of her vocals um over this loop that is sort of this angular crazy loop sample i don't i don't know you know i don't even know what setting that is i don't even know what instrument that is it's like some some synth organ thing um and it's just like cool i uh, like i can't go anywhere else to get this you know what i mean that's what we keep talking about on this podcast too like this is this is this is the only place that i can go get this i wonder if it had a lot it from what i'm reading uh i guess piecing all of this together happened over just a period of two weeks so i'd imagine she's just like really going with what she's feeling dude you know and and kia uh, i hope you're listening i just want you to know i might not ever meet you but goddamn thank you this is crazy you're this is inspiring shit that's um, absolutely fucking holy shit you know this is this is just a a piece from from that dj booth uh interview says some beats were six years old some songs were half written pieces i'd been freestyling and improvising live i was wearing a lot of different hats i was a one-person band and my own executive producer in in an essence perfect and yeah piecing it together over just two weeks her lyrics too man are just so so good she's Uh, telling real stories and it's like this is like got a lot of of hurt and trauma and a lot of i mean a lot of shit that like we you and i can't even begin to understand you know what i mean absolutely dude and but like that's this is like she's even getting a tiny glimpse is uh and still not being able to fully nearly even get close to fully understanding what it's like it's just like you know it's just so powerful it's just such a powerful record man like that's the thing we've been talking so much about how and I, you touched on it, you know what I mean, with the George Floyd shit and with just like, you know, how heavy this record is, you know, but it it goes, it, it requires saying twice, like this record is not just fucking fire front to back with amazing transitions. It is like a powerful record, you know what I mean? It is like a, a feels like an actualized, you know, like powerful voice you know what i mean like doing this is like a uh yeah this is next level um way i this uh the the second song yeah sounds uh, like an old erica badu joint too you know but it's but it's also got those lyrics get your boot off my neck so we can both progress yeah like there's it's there's just uh oh man you know yeah just, so that was that was wild examining those lyrics um uh, you know with yep the the recent happenings and uh yeah man just understanding that you know there's a lot of people of color out there that have to that that every day have to have have to worry that yeah, you know, man. some shit is going to happen to them because of the color of their skin and that's like that is an experience that 
um, we don't have that we don't have to yeah. deal with, and it's uh, it's fucking mind-boggling. And you double and that with being a woman, and she talks about that on this record a lot too. You know what I mean? And it's just like, like we're saying. I mean, we're two white guys listening to this record and being like, "Damn," you know. And if that's what this sounds like or feels like to just listen, it's like this should be a practice of not just of empathy, but like to get some action. You know what I mean? Like, like think about what it's like to like live this. This shit's fucked up. That's the only there's nothing about it otherwise that this shit's just fucked right. up. You don't choose yeah. this shit. You're just born into this shit. And and like just complacency is, you know, that just maintains the status quo. And it's just yeah, man, it's more relevant than ever. But also just so incredible when someone um like Kia makes music that gives you a look into that experience, even if it isn't your experience, and it helps like paint a picture for it. Um, totally is, is is a yeah, it's a pretty wild thing when people have that sort of talent to uh, let that spill into their their art in that way. I think. And the, Kendrick talks about that with Good Kid, Mad City. Somebody was like, you know, how do you feel about you know like suburban kids like listening to your shit you know what i mean and he's like you know like this can be a way for them to get to see something about what the fuck people are living through you know what i mean like this like to get rid of some ignorance you know what i mean and like to just truth tell you know what i mean um and yeah, I mean, it's important not to, like, romanticize or fetishize or become voyeuristic with any of the shit because it's real life, you know what I mean? Um, but I think when it's done right and when you listen with critical ears and, like, an amount of, like, reflecting on your own privilege and your own shit, like, like music can be such a powerful way of telling stories, you know what I mean? It's like the first time I saw Do the Right Thing the spike lee movie you know what i mean i was like okay like i'm changed you know um albums can be like that too you know and uh and that's that's what this uh i mean she's just like like this record now means that pretty much everything that she puts out for the rest of her life I'm going to listen to at least once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm going to check it out because I'm just like, wow, fuck. Okay, like, what else can you do? And also, it's interesting that you said that she, that, that quote you read, she was talking about how she was improvising stuff. And I hear that for sure. You can hear how she's, like, I think that has to do with sort of the mantra-ness or the riffing. Like, you know, I know that when I'm improvising, like, or other musicians I'm playing with are improvising, like, there's a certain, like, spirit and energy of it, and I can, like, just hear it in that, you know what I mean, in in what she's doing. Um, another tune that I love and that I want to just touch on real quick before we move on to the next record is uh, For Real, track 13, because that's also some, like, Thundercat stuff. You got just this fat drum sample up front, 
And then this crazy arpeggiator that is just like, I don't really know what it's doing harmonically, but it's fucking crazy. Put, yeah, just the put, way I climb. Put, yeah, put that on underneath this just so people can hear. And then she starts singing just super smooth over it. Yep. And again, broken record here, but can't get this anywhere else. It's a, uh, I don't know, it's a, uh, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you left us speechless, Kia. This record's dope, dude. It's uh I think I Want My Things is one of the most impressive tracks on the record to me. Mm -hmm. It starts with this spoken word deal at the top right and then i want my things mm -hmm. this super haunting dark beat comes in yep but what i'm like super blown away by is just her ability to then find this beautiful melody right. to sing over the this chaos really kind of fucked up beat right is it's just like wow like how are you finding placement on that you know next level yeah she is next level and that's like another one uh, just the, the lyrics i'm dealing with these burdens i've never deserved yet i'm responsible right um and right. that that part comes uh that comes back um in another one of the tunes which is cool how it uh brings back as a, a repeating mantra in the uh fuck with you uh that that part comes back in that in that track which is a certain really dope. element of like theater to this shit too you know like like theatrical like like setting a stage and like performing on the stage that she's doing you know with like the i want my things like i feel like i could be like at like some crazy play 
You know what I mean? Some just yeah. like super futuristic, like, like I feel like there's like acting, you know, and there's not, but you know what I mean? Like that she's using this shit like as a, like to create a movie, you know what I mean? Dude. Yeah. And there's just these different scenes within the song. Right. Like when it kicks it around around like 118 mm-hmm. and she, oh man, the way she delivers on this track is so, so dope. Absolutely. Just this calming voice, this fucking butter over this rigid track. Yeah, man. I'm glad you like it. So you like the record. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I like the record quite a bit. And you need to put it out is, on some wax so we can yeah, buy it. This is like really something I love to dip into in headphones and listen to front to back though. It's it's yep. kind of uh yep. like you need I I don't want to say you need. I don't I don't want to tell anybody how to listen to this record, but I think that if you have the time to really sit with it, grab a little grab a little Jimmy J. Yeah, man. Put your headphones on, pull up the lyrics, and turn and, off the uh, lights. Yeah, and and just throw your headphones on and or pop them in whatever you do with your headphones and and uh just try to experience this thing because it's it's uh it's very cool and it's uh it's important it's got it's got a lot of different feels and uh is is just a a really really insightful experience i think um and and it's just i don't know man it's (laughs) it was so it's so impressive just from like the beat compositions on their own like if this is an instrumental yeah, it's uh, fire this would instrumental be album crazy good yeah but then you throw her voice on it and and uh you know repeating what i just said just her her placement in tracks and the way she inserts herself with her flow on on some of these things is uh you know i play in mostly instrumental bands like i'm i'm inspired by this i'm gonna like take some notes on this for instrumental shit you know like well, you're saying it's funny uh, you say that because I was thinking earlier today. Uh, I know that High Pulp has done some uh, some collaborations with some incredible vocalists already, but there needs to be a High Pulp Kia yeah, fucking sure. collab, bro. That'd be crazy. So, man. Uh, Kia, if you're listening, please. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, man. dude, I just think that there's a lot of lot of great moments on this on this record. Um, keep it real the closing track is like kind of like this dilla-esque beat and uh just a lot of energy and attitude on that one to to kind of ride this uh record out on and on an upbeat track is uh something i i really dug just because you know there is a lot of content that is super heavy but i think there's a lot of spiritual shit within the mantras Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh the vocal narrations that take place throughout the record and kind of act as some of the transitions that we've talked about and the seamlessness of that absolutely uh, all really dope so you know sometimes you know like you said people a lot of people have uh you know their own thoughts on what pitchfork is and and uh you're yourself included uh, not always a, f- a fan of what they think is great but in in this occasion hey, it credit where like it's they, due uh, man <laughs> they guided you to this incredible record which is another great thing about uh i think what will be a part of this podcast um but is what is a part of this this world now 
is that someone with 4,000 Instagram followers yep. can match up and be on the same platform that someone that has 100,000. Bro, that and, has millions. You know? Yeah. And that that's like this kind of this incredible thing of like where we're at right now. And, totally. And I think it'll be cool to kind of... Uh, you know, we're going to get into this Willie Bobo record in a, in a moment, and he's by no means like a fucking huge, notable, um, you know, he's not mo- one of the most recognized jazz musicians or anything, but no, I, I think it's kind of cool to like that will over time kind of throw in these, uh, you know, maybe somebody that has 1,000 Instagram followers That's or 500 right. just because it's a dope record. Whoever's and, that and the, little indie band playing in the garage and fucking, you know, whatever wyoming the accessibility is there you know the internet um, is crazy uh what do you want to play this uh this portion of uh what if we do the records out with before we get into willie what if we do the first two songs it's three minutes we'll be able to show you know a full transition there and uh you'll hear sort of the the way that this record starts and just how I mean, that's the first thing, obviously, that I listened to was the first song and how it transitioned in the second one. I was like, all right, I'm into I'm, I'm going to be here for 40 minutes, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Uh, so we're going to play uh, the opening track, which is I Thought There Was One Wound in This House. There's two. Yep. And uh, hey. and then that's going to go into uh, to Way I which uh, was was referenced earlier. Uh, Forever Your Girl, Kia. Incredible record. Check it out. Oh 
that one, man. Let me borrow it. Yo, can I borrow that? Yo, that shit was fire, yo. Let me hold that. my brother. All right, we're going to put the links for uh, for Kia's Instagram in the episode notes. Uh, definitely check out that record. Hopefully it gets some sort of vinyl release in the uh, future. It looked like on her Bandcamp, you can purchase it, just a, a digital copy. And uh, check it out. Buy that shit, though. Buy that shit from her on Bandcamp, you know? Yeah, absolutely. She's uh, out of Chicago. Born in Chicago, but based out of uh, New York City. Yuck. And uh, that is uh, a great transition, I think, for what we're going to get into next, because this is uh, a fella that is from Spanish Harlem. Yeah. And uh, he goes by the name of Willie Bobo. He uh, a jazz per- percussionist who uh, made 14 of his own records, but uh, I think was maybe more known as a side player for for a lot of things. And uh, I just kind of stumbled upon this record, man. This is like a blind record store buy at Millennium here in Portland, Oregon, which uh, I'm stoked is is reopening here next week. Is so it? I'm I'm ready to uh, I'm ready to go uh, browse some records and. Uh, but I was just looking in the jazz section and I just uh, I was looking in the Latin jazz section specifically. Um, and I I just saw this cover of this dude, you know, burning one down on the front. Yeah. And this record was called Dig My Feeling. And I was like, yeah, and you were I like, di- I, I dig I, records. I, th- I think. I Yeah, I dig <laughs> records and I I'm pretty sure I dig your feeling and um just just uh was was stoked on my purchase and then kind of like learned a little bit about about willie and uh he passed in 83 he was only 49 cancer and uh yeah like i said grew up in spanish harlem but then moved to la in the 70s and uh he became a, a studio musician for santana Right. He became his uh, ses- session drummer, and he fucking wrote that Evil Ways song, which is one of Santana's biggest hits. That was a right. Willie Bobo song that Santana covered. Right, that's crazy. So that was it was cool to to learn that. And then he also, yeah, he played with like some of the greats for sure. He played uh, with Miles yep. on Quiet Nights and Sorcerer, and then with Herbie on Inventions and Dimensions. Yep, Natalie. Yeah, Dexter Gordon. Yeah, he played. He played Bobby with Hutcherson. a lot of incredible people. Absolutely. Um, and his thing is uh, is the the timbales. Is that how you say it? Yep, timbales, which are like yeah, that was his his go to instrument. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's cool. The nickname Bobo he got from Mary Lou Williams, who is an amazing pianist. (laughs) And, like, she's a huge, huge name. Um, Yeah. His son, his son also, uh, percussionist for Cypress Hill. Yeah, I read that. That's just crazy. Yeah, totally. So it runs in the, it runs in the genes. And, uh, and that, and his, that, his son played on, uh, Ill Communication. Yeah, I also saw that. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, but this is, uh, I think, this is the first 
record that we've done so far that is a collection of tunes that wasn't necessarily meant to be a record. Right. It's a comp. Um, yeah. It's kind of hard to, there's not a lot of information about, about Willie. Right. But, um, I did find a little bit and basically these are, these are lost tapes. These are tapes that his son found in his mom's closet. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. So these are, you know, like I said, these were not necessarily meant to be a record. Um, but yeah, it had been 30 years since, uh, anything had been released by, by him. And, uh, and they decided to put these fucking these tapes that that he found in his mom's closet out and uh yeah man i Just wonder if if you like if you died and you like had your tapes in the fucking closet for a reason and then like your son pulled them out and put it out and you get a full vinyl pressing and shit you'd be like dude i i didn't want the world to hear that Hmm. <laughs> There's a reason it was in my fucking closet, man. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way about shit that comes out after um, people die. After people die, I think you know you see it time and time again with a dude like Jimi Hendrix, right? Where there's always like a new thing of these these studio sessions that never got released and and whatnot. Um, I think I don't know. It seemed pretty genuine, maybe in this case. Um, yeah, like no his doubt. son. I think his son was like really maybe just wanting to shed some light on maybe a musician that got overlooked, especially in this this culture now that appreciates vinyl so much again. Right. And I guess like jazz probably never really stopped on that front. But yeah, there is like a big it's very common for people to have a record player again in their house. People that like listening to music anyways, that's a common thing to have again. As, right. you know, vinyl becomes more accessible. Um, but yeah, found this this quote from that thing too. Dig my feeling adds yet another dimension to Willie Bobo's music and legacy. It will entice you to revisit his past recordings and make you marvel at his uh, acumen as a trap drummer, percussionist, vocalist, groove master, and visionary. So right. does some, vo- like the vocals, I guess, are are him singing too i didn't know that that's crazy um which is a whole another added element to this this thing but um it's interesting because uh, i think we've we've talked to a lot about sequencing over the first um mm-hmm. few volumes of this and we we talked about it in the in the kia record as well and this is kind of a different art of sequencing i think because you're just gathering this this collection that was maybe not really meant to be together and it really is kind of someone else in control of those things right absolutely um what did you you did not know about willie bobo before me throwing dig my feeling at you and this came out 2016 this collab yeah Yeah. um but i do know that herbie record not really well um because you know i i don't if i see like latin jazz like i don't usually it's not like in a vacuum, you know what I mean? I dig all kinds of music, but uh, Latin jazz isn't always like my first place to go, you know? Um, So that's probably why, like, I know that Herbie record, but I've never really dove into it because I was always like, oh, I'd rather listen to Maiden Voyage or whatever, you know? 
Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I he's a he's a he's a motherfucker of a player, as you see, as we talked about from all the amount of people he played with. Um, and then I dove in, and I mean, yeah, it's a this record, roasted or fried. I wouldn't even. So this is also the tough thing about like what about genres and their like inherent shortcoming. Like I don't know why this is Latin jazz. You know, it's like instrumental yeah, it's music a, with a backbeat. Right. This is sort of like like this sounds like you know some of that Delve on Lamar organ trio shit. You know what I mean? Right. It sounds like some Jimmy James playing guitar, laying down a fat beat underneath, and then just grooving and. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to find the personnel. Have you been able to find the personnel? No, there's there's like no information on this record, unfortunately, <laughs> that I was able to find. So Sick. maybe we can get uh, Eric. Maybe we can get Willie's son to yeah, come Eric. on and, and and chat it up with us, maybe about about him his his music journey and and his pops. But um, that'd be yeah, sick. it'd be cool. It would be cool to learn some some things about the personnel here because you're right. I don't think. The Spanish flares necessarily show themselves on on every track, right? Um, but yeah, it was. I mean, how do you like as far as buying a blind record? When you get this record and you put this on, like "Broasted or Fried" is the yeah, first man. track, and and I'm just like, yeah, I think I made a good decision today. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna go out to the barbecue right now and start making some food. I mean, it's 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 vibey, and that's sort of the thing about this record. Like uh, when I was listening to it, I was cooking most of the time. I was listening to uh, it. This is I I, I made breakfast uh, to this to this record the other day. It's a, it's an incredible cooking record. Absolutely, and it's also a crazy sun record. You know, it's like just a good vibe for the hang, the backyard hang. You know, um, coffee record. Totally, whatever whatever you need it to be. And you know, like, so New Day Magic, the second tune, you can hear a little bit more of the Latin stuff, just even with like the aux percussion and the cowbell going and, you know, and, and when I say cowbell, I don't mean like Will Ferrell type cowbell. It's like this motherfucker is a cowbell player. Like, Incredible. You know, like this is a real instrument. Um, and this trumpet player, that's why I wanted to know this personnel, the trumpet player is going in.
I think I think last week before we or last last episode of this sometime um, whatever I brought this record up mm-hmm. I told you that I um, I felt like there was some high pulp that existed in this mm. record and and this is the track oh really it's it's, it's the horns on this track cool that, uh, yeah that yeah, gave yeah. me that feel totally totally and yeah. the, just the break dude oh, so good. And it's interesting, too, because he's got electric bass on most of this stuff, if not all of it. And that's a cool vibe, too. I like this Lost Lost Years tune. Um, this feels almost like some, like, David Axelrod type stuff. Some, like, Bad, Bad, Not Good vibe. You know, just this heavily written... You know, sort of patient. Got that flute in there. The flute is probably what makes it feel a little bit more like David Axelrod. This is one of my favorite tunes on the on the track. I I really dig these kind of like Herb Albert big band feels totally. too. Um, very very into that. And the yeah, the flute playing on uh, this particular track is. It's pretty fucking dope, dude. Yeah. And I like how, you know, hey, it's a short song, man. I like it. <laughs> and it gets you around know? that 120 mark, and then it starts kind of really getting empowering, and, mm-hmm. the, and then and then it drops down again. And pass it off the, to this trumpet this, solo. Yeah. This trumpet solo, and then, uh, but then it rides back out with, like, the flute kind of getting its, getting its thing in again. Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, it's also, this is a good example of like how simplicity can go a long way, you know? Um, the drums on this tune, and really on this record, I'm trying to find some places, like the percussion was, was like really interesting at times. The drums otherwise were pretty much just holding it down, you know? But the percussion... But the percussion, the percussion is that nasty. he's throwing down, yeah, dude, absolutely. is uh, is really uh, is really impressive. Um, absolutely, and you also got to remember that these are all live takes, which is like yeah. just crazy. Yeah, his his solo on Round Trip, the sixth song. Dude, I was just gonna bring that song up. Uh, maybe we can jump into that one. Yeah, let's, right let's, now. let's 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 play it. Listen to this solo. Yeah, it's crazy, it's crazy.
So that's Willie going in on the timbales. Um, dude, the first time I saw like a percussionist really blow my mind mm-hmm. and uh, understanding how much that adds in a live setting yeah. was uh, when I got to see Ghost Note play. Oh, yeah. Those those three sets at Pickathon yeah. that first year I went. And you um, see Nate just going dude, to see ham, Nate dude. Yeah. Go in yeah. and just to know the precision that has to happen for him to cut through everything and be totally. in a place where it interacts with every other instrument. And then also with what Spud's doing mm-hmm. is like, it's just like, what? Absolutely. What is happening? Absolutely. And, uh, it gave me kind of those vibes just even listening to uh, to this record. Totally. Um, and uh, yeah, just also, like you said, the saxophone that just goes in on, on that round trip track is, is so fat. Quick plug for Ghost Note. Check them out. Ghost Note's incredible. Definitely, uh, definitely check them out. The musicianship, all the all those people in that band are quite incredible. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, a song like there's a couple of these songs with the vocals. Pretty lady, man. I love Dude, this tune. Pretty lady is is killer. This sort of sounds like some like Arthur Verakai almost, um, which is a wonderful Brazilian artist from the 70s and i love when it, yeah. go ahead go ahead i love when it gets to that like around the two minute mark mm-hmm. when uh you get that key solo and then he switches the vocals into spanish right and that's when that song really starts fucking humming yeah and uh the part probably i enjoy the most Spanish singing, man. There's just so much rhythm in the in the vocals uh, totally. with that language that is is so dope for this music. Totally, absolutely. I also really like um, the day it rained. It's it's a uh, like that's the midnight drive tune. To absolutely. Me. Or the the sitting by the fire with a, a glass of whiskey tune. It's kind of got this like just Tony sort of Bennett, crooner, Frank yeah. Sinatra <laughs> totally. vibe to it. Totally. <laughs> there's there's definitely um, an element of that tune that I really that I really dig. Um, yeah, he's got a hell of a voice too. You know, like, and I guess that he probably didn't sing like when I said that this was live. All the instrumentals are live, but uh, he's overdubbing the vocals just, just so we're all clear. Yeah, I didn't realize that he was singing until very recently. I didn't realize like, until, until today. Like 15 I didn't ago. know until today that he was uh, doing some of this singing. But I, uh, I don't know. I think this is a cool. This is just like kind of a cool find and a cool looking to what this dude does and then um yeah i mean he's got 14 solo records so if you're if you're into it there there are things to to deep dive on here i really i really dig untitled as well um this is actually maybe my favorite tune 
This is the one that's a little more lo-fi sounding. Yeah. On the recording. Yeah. It's like, like it, it sounds, sounds like it's on like, like a four track something or something. He found yeah. <laughs> in his mother's closet. I mean, it's just from a different session. But you got these big, pretty, you know, happening horns, you know, going on oh, here yeah. around the two minute mark. Just like really grandiose is how it feels. It feels very like triumphant. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of this music feels that way, man. Absolutely, it's like very joyous, upbeat, you know, moving forward dance dance music, man. You know, like this is some dance music. Like listening to Untitled, I feel how that would have uh, really fit in to the '70s Los Angeles Hollywood kind of vibes that are going on too. totally man it could With be in a movie, movie soundtracks it's like a tarantino and, yeah, song or something yeah. yeah all this movie feels super cinematic and big bandy in that way absolutely absolutely um so definitely definitely check out willie bobo if you're uh if you're digging what you're hearing willie big willie big willie man big willie if you're looking for another willie bobo record to check out check out uno dos trace one two three Check that one out. Uh, that also got reissued on on wax, on that vinyl recently. So uh, get it that. And um, before we play it out with another track off this record, which uh, I think I really want to send it out with uh, a Coco. Yeah, cool. Just give the give the listeners a, a little bit of a look on uh, some of the flute playing on this record, but also. Uh, just a, just a look at a track that does have some uh, some vocals on it too, and and just another track that has incredible fucking playing on it too. It's wild. Um, but we gotta we gotta reveal. Yes, we do. What records we will be doing for the next volume, which I believe will be volume six of I Dig Records. What what we're uh, what are you doing here? What are you going with, cousin? What am I going with? Uh, what did you hit me with? Um, I honestly don't remember. Okay. Well, yeah, I have no memory. Um, it's too it's too much to find. You gave you hit here, me with this second, Cortex record. Oh yeah, fucking great record. And then is it uh, Shit. someone Hutchinson? Uh, Bobby Hutchinson. Was it Bobby? Was it Happenings by Bobby Hutchinson? Yes. Yes. So you hit me with Happenings by Bobby Hutchinson. Uh, Cortex, which is, is it Le Blue? Tropo Blue. Tropo Blue. Tropo Blue by Cortex. And uh, the Guided by Voices, Alien Lanes. Uh And I'm going to go Alien Lanes from Guided by Voices. I've never gotten into this record. It's come up uh, a couple times doing uh, the podcast. 
Yes. Um, and uh, as, as some things that have been influential for some people. And I just don't know a lot about Guided by Voices in general. Okay. And uh, I, you know, I checked a few tracks out from this, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the recording uh, quality, yes. this this lo-fi yes. thing going on. Yes. And uh, so I'm, I'm stoked to... To jump into that one with you and get my guided by voices education. GBV and changed my life more than any any musician, any band that we've talked about on this podcast. One of the Whoa. most Whoa. Or this that guy's we've making done, big that we've done. This guy's making done. big statements right now. We haven't done so. a, a Frank, you know, not that we talked about, we've talked about a lot, but like that we've done. This guy guided by voices, man, when I this album was the first GBV album I heard, and it just fucked me up okay this album is amazing it's 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 like if the beatles were drinking 20 beers a day in (laughs) a basement garage in ohio recording to a four track it's it's just like uh yeah man it's uh this, uh, that album is so special to me, man. So I'm excited. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. That record yeah, is so super stoked for that. And do you remember what I hit you with? You hit me with um, you hit me with three records I didn't know. Dope. Um, my computer's not working anymore. I can uh. I can bring it up here. You hit uh, me with the JJ Kale naturally. Yep. The Natural Child Okie Dokie record. And uh did you get my scratch on the last page? Yeah, you scratch replacement? you scratch pin back, which I, I actually I was going to pick that pin back record. Oh, well I feel bad that you were going <laughs> to pick that. Um, um You should have you should have just told me. I no no you no. You still no. can. If you want. No, no, no. You scratched it and you put Marlon Craft. I scratched Kraft. it I put in Marlon Craft, uh, Tunnel's End. I looked up that dude. I was like, I had no idea who this guy was, but he had some some bars out by Yankee Stadium, man. Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> he, certainly, he certainly has some bars. Um... Uh, so what did you what did you decide? Did you madden me? What did you I'm do? not maddening you. Um, I'm going with the J.J. Kale. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm going yeah. with the JJ Kell record. Uh, is something I found out about just about a year ago on on a recommendation. Uh, just something that was playing in the background at a show I was at, and m- my buddy Sean was just like, "Yeah, dude, this is JJ Kale," and I was just like, "What?" And he's just like, "JJ Kale." Like, cool. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so uh, you're like, "Is that a band? Yeah. Is that a fucking?" Hell yeah, I'm bringing I'm bringing like another. Uh, Another coffee, um, you all about afternoon this? record. Yeah, that's what it <laughs> a seems lot of like, a lot man. of porch records right now being thrown your way. What I heard, it uh, sort of, you know, it was like vibed out, sort of uh, Neil Youngy type uh, guitar chilling. You know, cool. Well, oh, and this is we'll his, this is his first record. Cool, with the with the raccoon on the front. We'll be back at it with that. Um, we're going to play it out with a Coco off the Dig My Feeling record. Kia, come on the show. Eric, uh, come on the show. Come hang Everybody. out. Everybody. Everybody, come, come on the show. Come on the show. 
Hey, um, and if people, if y'all got records that you want us to uh, review, just, uh, just tag us. Tag, tag us, us in a post or yeah, send shoot, us an email. Shoot Dan Cable a DM or whatever. Yeah, or shoot Rob a DM. Whatever. Send All the to, links will be Dan. in the episode notes so that you can uh, you can know what's uh, going on with this thing. Um, I was just wondering. What were you wondering, cousin? Um, you're not very subtle with this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're much better. I just gave it. I, 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 <laughs> you're much better at it for sure. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Ask me a question. <laughs> oh, I was just wondering if you dig records. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I dig records. <laughs> Sick. Oh, good shit. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, we'll see you all next time. Yeah. Be well. Be well. Willie Bobo, play us out. Sick tight. Good shit. <laughs>